0: Ed Flash Ferrans,
1: The job market still cranking, but we lost manufacturing jobs last month. Well, it's now former Labor Secretary Marty Walsh. So the question is will his number 2 become number 1? And today on the show we check in with the heat and frost insulators in Indiana and the service employees international local 1. Welcome to the Monday March 13th edition of America's Workforce, where we are available on at least six platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, and Stitcher. David Price will be our first guest on the show today. He serves as organizer for Local 18 of the Heat and Frost Insulators in Indiana. That's uh, insulators18.org. Also, he is president of the Central Indiana AFL-CIO. We'll talk about uh, how the insulators are doing in that neck of the woods, recruiting new members and retaining those members. That's so important that we keep them on the job. Uh, They revamped their website, making online applications and document submissions digital rather than the old-school in-person application process. That's certainly good to hear. We'll also uh, touch on the uh, divisions within the different affiliated organizations of the AFL-CIO, and Dave is of the opinion that we have to listen more. Listening and engaging with the affiliates and delegates and finding resolutions and common ground so we can work together and move forward so everybody benefits. And we'll talk about the uh, political connections that they have, especially with the mayor of Indianapolis and how that's faring for the members in Local 18. So Dave Price will be our first guest. Then we're going to go to uh, Jeannie Kastrup. Jeannie is with the Service Employees International Local One, where she serves as president, S-E-I-U-1.org. And she's got an interesting background. She broke the uh, glass ceiling by becoming the first female president in that local's 100-year history. She has made a number of contributions to the labor movement, played an instrumental role in framing their political strategy. So far, 20 years on the job. During that time, she has led efforts to increase their membership, create their own independent political power. She's also served as one of the key people managing relationships with elected officials and government administrators on behalf of the union, representing, get this, 50,000 property service workers in six states and 11 cities across the Midwest. Before she became president of Local One for the service employees, she was the first woman elected in the newly created executive vice president position after serving as vice president and chief of staff. She oversaw the day-to-day operation of Local One while spearheading significant change within the organization to build a more powerful, inclusive, and transformational union for members. Jeannie has helped strategize numerous breakthrough campaigns throughout the local, assisting non-organized workers in winning power in their workplace And unionized workers gaining deeper job protections and significant raises. That's what we want to hear. And she is a perfect guest for this month because all this month we are celebrating Women's History Week. And obviously someone with a background like Jeannie, well, she's making history. So we'll uh, touch on uh, Local 1. Again, uh, 50,000 working people, six states, 11 cities. We're talking uh, janitors security officers, school service workers, airport workers, factory workers, window washers, door staff, maintenance workers, and more. Big union there. Altogether, I mean, they are the largest union in the AFL-CIO. I believe they have over uh, 2 million members nationwide. Now a brief look into the world of labor. This segment brought to you by the good folks at Boyd-Waterson Asset Management. $17 billion in assets under advisement serving the needs of Taft-Hartley funds, corporations, public funds, endowments, foundations, as well as religious organizations. BoydWaterson.com is a website. Well, America's employers added a substantial 311,000 jobs in February, which was fewer than the gain in January, and it's enough to get the attention of the Federal Reserve that will probably raise interest rates again to slow things down. The, uh, the unemployment rate rose, actually, to 3.6%. That went up 0.2% from the 53-year low of January. The proportion of Americans who either have a job or are looking for one has risen for three straight months to 62.5%, which is the highest level Since COVID struck three years ago, wage growth, average wage growth slowed last month, rising just 0.2%. The average hourly wage in America today, $33.09, $33.09. That's when you factor everybody. Uh, Nationally, nearly all of last month's hiring occurred. In mostly lower-paid service industries. We're talking restaurants, bars, hotels, entertainment. They added about 105,000 jobs. Let's see. uh, Construction companies added about 24,000 jobs. Retailers added about 50,000. Healthcare, 63,000. Local and state governments, some of them flush with cash from stimulus money. They added uh, 46,000 jobs. Now, here's the surprise. Manufacturing lost 4,000 jobs in February. And that prompted uh, this comment from Scott Paul, who heads the Alliance for American Manufacturing, one of our sponsors on the show. And he said, while other manufacturing indicators have shown signs of weakness for a few months, this is the first real signal from the jobs market confirming that sentiment. Higher interest rates hit sectors of our economy a bit differently. And manufacturing now seems to be bearing the brunt of the Fed's policies. Scott goes on to say the Federal Reserve must understand its interest rate hikes are putting the brakes on all the momentum that we have gathered in manufacturing. And we'd be wise to change course. That said, I remain optimistic about the manufacturing jobs market looking ahead with new investments set to take root in the next coming months. Scott Paul of the Alliance for American Manufacturing. Well, it's now former Labor Secretary Marty Walsh. His last day was this past Saturday, and of course uh, he made a surprise announcement about four to five weeks ago of his plans to step down from his post to become Executive Director of the uh, NHL Players Association. Deputy Secretary Julie Sue, who has been nominated by President Biden to replace Marty, is taking over as acting secretary. Now, her nomination is already facing challenges from the business lobby based on her past leadership as California's labor secretary. The Democrats need 50 votes in the Senate to confirm Sue, meaning lobbyists could tank her nomination by convincing just two senators who caucus with the Democrats. This is one to watch. This is definitely one to watch. And from what I've been reading about Julie Sue, she is a brain. I mean, Harvard educated, uh, speaks several languages. She did incredible work as uh, running the uh, Labor Department in the state of California. But there's people in Washington that really don't like to go down that path. The uh, U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of Pennsylvania ruled last Wednesday that a Trader Joe's workers retaliation suit may go forward to a jury trial. The worker claims that he was fired in retaliation for a race discrimination lawsuit. And uh, that started 11 days prior to his firing and bolstered by a local news article released the same day that he received his termination letter. Now, for its part, Trader Joe's claims that the worker was fired for having a conversation about guns on the sales floor. Well, this is going to be a good one to unwind. The uh, lawsuit comes as the grocery chain. Again, this is Trader Joe's faces. Increased unionization drives at several of its locations. Employees at Frontier Ambulance have voted 22 to 2 to form a new union with the United Steelworkers. This is in Lander, Wyoming, and this came after a brief and hard-fought union campaign. The uh, lead for the new unit came more than six months ago and took nearly four months for Wyoming State AFL-CIO Executive Director Tammy Johnson, who's a member of the Steelworkers, to find a union and try to organize with them. Well, when Will Wilkinson, who's the U.S. rep in Wyoming, drove to Lander, he got every employee to sign a card within a week, within a week, and schedule a vote as soon as possible. So the new unit has a bargaining team set up and will begin the process of negotiating a first contract immediately when that is achieved, it will be groundbreaking because the first union in Wyoming in decades and possibly the first health care union in the state's history. Pretty significant there. Small company, again, Frontier Ambulance voting 22 to 2. That's, that's overwhelming. And also some good news. On March 3rd, the retail, wholesale, and department store union, which is affiliated with the Food and Commercial Workers Union, announced that by an overwhelming majority vote, workers at REI Inc. in Beachwood, Ohio, the only REI location in the greater Cleveland area, voted to join the warehouse union, making this the third unionized REI, REI store in the nation. Workers endured a very harsh union-busting campaign, which we talked about on the show, which uh, led to multiple unfair labor practice charges against the company. REI conducted intimidating one-on-one meetings. They spread misinformation, and they also spied on the workers. Despite all this, the workers have stood strong together and prevailed. So congratulations to the workers At REI in Beechwood, Ohio. Overcoming that bitter, bitter union busting campaign. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna check in with the heat and frost insulators local eighteen. Back in a few minutes. This is America's
2: Workforce. It takes Layuna to build North America's infrastructure.
1: Learn more at afge.org. Paid for by the American Federation of Government Employees, AFL-CIO. There is
0: unity and strength for
3: workers.
2: We are the USW. We are the
3: USW. The United United Steelworkers. The largest industrial union in North America. We represent 850,000 members in In the the US, US, Canada, Canada, and and the the Caribbean.
0: Caribbean. We work in metals, rubber, chemicals, paper,
3: oil refining, atomic energy, and the service sector.
0: We are steelworkers standing strong and fighting for what's right.
1: The Heat and Frost Insulators and Allied Workers are proud to be a title sponsor for America's Workforce Radio. The Insulators Union is leading the way in the mechanical insulation industry, fire stopping, and infectious disease control. Regarded as North America's energy conservation specialist, these professionals are known for their professional work and dedication. You can learn more about the Insulators Union at insulators.org. America's Workforce Radio is sponsored in part by the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, District Council 6, representing painters, glazers, drywall finishers, and sign and display industry workers. They remind
0: you that belonging to a union is your right as an American. Now. Back to Ed Flash Ferrens with America's Workforce.
1: And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. That would be AWF Union Podcast, AWF Union Podcast. By the way, this the next segment brought to you in part by the North Coast Labor Federation. Let's go to uh, Indianapolis, Indiana right now. Joining us on our live line is David Price. David is an organizer for Local 18 of the Heat and Frost Insulators. He also serves as president for just over a year now. With the Central Indiana AFL-CIO website to go to for the insulators, though, is uh, insulators18.org. And it's my understanding that they just revamped their website. That's one of the things we're going to talk about with Mr. David Price. David Price, welcome to the show. How are we doing today, my brother? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me. And uh, how many years with the, for, with the insulators
3: now for you? i have 21. I'll be 22 this fall.
1: Good for you, good for you. You know, it's kind of funny. I just got back from uh, vacation in the uh, Dominican Republic, and uh, lo and behold, I'm in the uh, swimming pool, and I see a guy with a uh, Cleveland Indians mug, and I said, "Well, I got to talk to this guy because I'm from Northeastern Ohio." and he uh, starts talking to me, and he's an insulator. <laughs> I go, "What the heck?" Amazing. <laughs> he's, he's from uh, Toledo, and he's been there almost uh, 30 years. So we had a good chat. In fact, we even uh, called one of uh, my friends in northeastern Ohio, Packy Malley at local three. We call him. <laughs> we had wireless oh, yeah, over yeah. there, and I said, "Hey, Packy," and he worked with Packy and a Davis Bessie nuclear power plant isn't a crazy small world and then you're telling me that what you just got back from the uh, from the Dominican on a cruise what's the story there
3: yeah we sure did we uh you know my my wife tends to set those things up for for us uh with my crazy schedule and and uh, i just kind of follow her lead but yeah be- beautiful beautiful country uh we had a we had a fantastic time and 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 now you can rest assured that the pool that you were sitting in is much more efficient now that that insulator took a dip in it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I tell
1: you, we go, what, 2,500 miles when we find somebody that has a common interest in a very similar situation, <laughs> talking trades, and it was, too fun. it was a funny part of this conversation, too. There was a guy that was in the pool... Who was uh, uh, with the HVAC, and he owned a business, and he was non-union, so it got a little testy there after a couple
3: of beers. <laughs> well, I can imagine. I can imagine. If I know our insulators, I, and I do well, I can imagine.
1: Oh my god! So uh, anyway, how's uh, how's things for uh, for local eighteen over there in uh, in Indianapolis? Are we doing pretty well? Uh,
3: we're 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 good. We're holding our own. We uh, you know we with with the you know. The delay in materials and equipment, uh, you know, throughout the trades, it's it's kind of pushed back some of the projects uh, that we have on the books. Uh, we just had our union meet, our monthly union meeting last Friday, and and uh, we're going through all the billion dollar and multi billion dollar projects that we have coming up that are that are either breaking ground uh, or, or due to here in the next coming months, and, and uh, just going through that list with our members to make them aware that. You know, we know that things seem a little slow right now, but uh, we've we've got more work on our books than we've ever had in the history of this local, um, and it tends to be the case throughout uh, a lot of the locals throughout the Midwest. So, um, you know, like I said, holding our own now, uh, kind of the calm before the storm, and I'm sure you've heard that, you know, repeatedly. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah.
1: It's pretty much like that in in all the trades. So you're just around 300 members. Uh, What are we looking at here? I mean, as an organizer, you've got to have some goals in mind. Any thoughts on that?
3: Well, I'll tell you, uh, a situation like this makes it a little bit tough uh, in the organizing department because, you know, I've got folks that I'm I'm constantly keeping my ear to the ground uh, with folks that we can bring into the union from the other side. Uh I, I, I believe it or not, I, I maintain regular contact with the non union owners. Uh, I like to cold call them. I can't say that it's well received on their side or that they're thrilled to hear from me, but uh, you know, I, I like to keep that connection just to kind of keep a, a an idea, kind of a grasp on the industry as a whole, uh whether it be union or non union. And uh and let them know as a constant reminder that we're here. We're you know, we're ready to have conversations if if you want to give us a shot. Uh but you know, when we when we have slow times like this, it's it's tough to to go out there and actively bring folks in. Uh when I wanna, you know, first and foremost ensure that my members have uh a, a job uh first. So what well, what I tend to do is uh just kind of redirect things. Uh things like what you brought up earlier, uh revamping the website. Uh along with that I, I like to create animated videos in house that kind of uh go along with the changes that we make uh, just to release to the public and whether that may be, Hey, you know, here's our website. Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's, you know, places you can go to the site uh, to check out something in particular that you may be looking for, or, you know, we have other videos we've created to for, for existing members to remind them, you know, uh, the about the structure of the union, uh, how the benefits work, uh, you know, things of that nature. And rather than just, a you know a, a letter going out to folks who like to have a little a little bit more fun with it by making these animated videos and mm-hmm. they tend to get more attention so
1: yeah let's uh let's elaborate on that because it seems like well there's so much information out there and you have to cut through the clutter but the videos especially younger folks i guess they're more attracted to that as and obviously they're into the technology and everybody has a smartphone today sure. so you're you're, it sounds like it's working for you, maybe not to where you want it to be, but it's starting to work. Is that what I'm hearing?
3: Yeah, I think, you know, uh, you, you get to points where you, you kind of sit down and you and you, you look at what everyone is doing, um, and you're trying to do something that makes you a little bit different, you know, than the rest. And uh, it may get attention from a different group uh, that, that you're looking to get the attention from, like you said, young folks. And so, you know, you, you think about things of, you know, we need to make some videos that are two minutes or less because, you know, there's so so much out there to get attention. Uh, right. So you really got to be quick with your messaging. And um, and we thought, you know, hey, rather than make a, a, a video with a human being talking to you, um, let's make some cartoons. Let's have fun with it. And, and so uh, our business manager and I, Jason Smith, uh, who I think you've had on the show as well, um we we came up with this idea and and um we've got a lot of positive feedback from it at this point so it's just always thinking about what's the next message uh to get out there to folks and and how to how best to, to get that message to come across
1: now david what are you doing with the with the schools and some of the uh the career schools in that area and we're talking indianapolis area I, what what is your territory is it just that area does it go beyond that
3: no, we actually have, uh, we have 32 counties, uh, Indianapolis, Marion County is the center, basically. Uh, so we have 32 counties, and we go over into Illinois with five counties there as well. So we have a pretty large territory, um, you know, and, and and things are way different from downtown Indianapolis out to the, our rural areas and into and, and Illinois. Uh, but, you know, you, you just kind of, Keep track of, of as many of these career fairs as you can. Uh, keep not you know not only our local but our JTC engaged with the students and with the staff at these different uh, schools and, and organizations. So, you know, we, we do our best to uh, take part in as many of these career fairs as we can. Uh, we also take it upon ourselves to reach out to different groups uh, that we think that we could possibly recruit through. Uh, one group is the FFA, the Future Farmers of America. Uh, these are hardworking kids that have grown up on farms. They they know what it is to, to get dirty and sweat a little bit and have uh, uh, the fruits of their labor at the end of the day, you know. So mm-hmm. kids like that fit into the building trades perfectly. Uh, the FFA is, is one of the biggest organizations in the country, and we happen to have the biggest show in the country, downtown Indianapolis, each year at our convention center. So... Uh, when you get forty, fifty thousand hardworking kids in one spot, uh, that's kind of catching lightning in a bottle, you know. And and uh, so we we've, we've reached out to the the heads of the FFA uh, to form a, a partnership with them, uh, not only to recruit from them, but how we can in turn, uh, like we always do, contribute to their organization. Uh, we've got other places, the the Excel Adult Education Center. Uh, We've got multiple locations throughout our territory where these are folks that have, you know, been through some things in life that didn't work out. They've taken it upon themselves to get a high school diploma, GED, uh, you know, citizenship, whatever it may be. So, you know, when you've got individuals out there that are taking it upon themselves to make things right in their life uh, and get things put together and move in a positive direction, that's also the exact type of people that we'd like to bring into our organization so, you know, then you've got the United Way. Uh, we actually are talking to a couple other organizations as well right now that are uh, based on helping people uh, get on their feet, get a hand up in life. And mm-hmm. and that's that's who we are. That's what we do. Let me
1: ask you about the reception you're getting from some people that may be not used to unions. I mean Indiana is a right to work state. You mentioned the rural areas and there's not too much yeah. union density in those areas. When you go into those pockets, David, um how do they treat you? Do they are, are they uh, are they is there some uh, tension in there saying, "Hey, well, I don't want any
3: unions over here." I mean, what what are they saying to you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you've got uh, all walks of life in Indiana uh, and and we have all walks of life in in our organization is is kind of the way I approach it. You know, look, hey, we at the end of the day, we just want you to know that there's a a solid, viable option here uh, for a career, uh, whether that be an alternative to the career you're currently in, uh, an alternative to going to college whatever it may be. But, you know, I'll, I'll tell you the truth. It's it's really all about the delivery. Um, you know, you, you, you have to be open minded, willing to listen to people, uh, respect their opinion and their and their views of the union, and then be able to calmly counter those if they aren't accurate, you know. Uh, so rather than get into the argument, the heated debates that people like to do so much nowadays or oh, yeah. anything, um, you know, you just kind of uh, keep keep your composure and um, address address their 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 misthoughts accordingly. You know, it's yeah, the best yeah. you can do. So, and I, and I and I turn a lot of negative conversations into positive ones. Uh, doing that's that, good. So. That's good to hear.
1: I, I like that. Stay calm. Obviously, flood them with information and make sure that information is as accurate as possible and uh, eventually. But you just got to be persistent at it. That's all. David, if you don't mind, I got to take a quick break here. David Price is uh, joining us on our live line. David serves as organizer for Local 18, also president of the Central Indiana AFL-CIO, Insulators18.org. We'll continue the conversation. We'll talk more about revamping their website making online applications and document submissions, all digital. That's the world we live in today. We'll also talk more about the uh, different affiliated organizations of the AFL-CIO. Gene Kastrup will be joining us later in the show. Gene serves as president of Local One of the Service Employees International Union, 50,000 members strong. Back in a few minutes, you're listening to America's Workforce.
0: You're listening to America's Workforce with Ed Flash-Ferrens.
3: The United Auto Workers are one of the largest and most diverse unions in North America, with members in virtually every sector of the economy. Learn more about this proud sponsor of our program at UAW.org.
1: The United Steelworkers of America represent over 70,000 workers in the state of Ohio. Steelworker members enjoy the benefits of some of the best contracts of any workers in the world. Many of your friends, neighbors, and relatives are members of one of the most effective democratic unions in our country. With the pressures unorganized workers are under in today's economy, you need to join them. So call the Steelworkers Organizing Office at 216-292-5683 or toll free at 1-800-443-3752.
0: Hello from the Communication Workers of America, District 4. We are a labor union representing a vast array of workers in different industries, including the Association of Flight Attendants, Telecommunications, CWA Passenger Services, Public Health Care, and Education Workers, the IUE CWA Industrial Division, the National Association of Broadcast Employees, the CWA Skill, not to mention our growing digital sector, and many others. If you're interested in organizing your work group or learning more about what it means to be CWA strong, visit our website at www.cwad4.org. That's cwad4.org. Now, back to America's workforce. Here's Ed flash Ferrens.
1: and don't forget, you can check us out on at least six platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, and Stitcher. And when you get an opportunity, just sign up and receive our shows on a regular basis and give us a rating. We always appreciate those five-star ratings, so please keep them coming. Let's go back to uh, Indianapolis, Indiana right now and rejoin David Price, organizer for Local 18 of the Heat and Frost Insulators, insulators 18. David, for over a year now, has served as president of the Central Indiana AFL-CIO. You know, I want to talk about the AFL-CIO, but first, I notice that uh, you're doing pretty well linking up with the right people in office and coming up with uh, partnerships, community engagement partnerships, getting to those areas of the city and the county where people can find a better life, especially with the trades and what's going on in the trades. And we're seeing this. I know this all too well. We talked uh, recently with Dorsey Hager of the Central Ohio Building Trades, and there's a lot going on over there, and they partnered with the NAACP. So I'm reading that you're kind of going in the same direction. David, maybe you can uh, fill in some details here. What's going on there?
3: Yeah, so, you know, the the thing is, uh, you know, as, as union organizations, uh, we do the best we can, as we talked about previously, keeping our ear to the ground for uh, recruitment opportunities and, and partnerships, uh, things of that nature. Uh, and, you know, a, a lot of times what, what tends to happen is, you, you know, if you pay attention on social media to your elected officials, you'll see the the postings of them, you know, uh, taking taking part in this community uh engagement effort, whatever it may be, whether it's a recruitment, uh, a job fair, a neighborhood cleanup, you know, things of that nature. And and you know, I, I spent too long watching these posts uh fly by on my social media and thinking, why aren't we part of this? you know, and and so uh you know, because part of, of recruitment is uh, public perception of of our organization right so uh we do a lot of you know unions are are really good about doing a lot of things for the community and not looking for anything in return you know and 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 along with that comes not advertising that we're doing those things we're doing them for the right reason uh and and that's good enough for us, but you know in this day and age with some of the negative you know in order to combat some of the negative connotations about union organizations i think it's good for the public to see some of these things that we are doing and so uh you know when i see our our political figures engaging in these activities i think you know we how do we figure out how we can partner with them to be part of this so uh nine times out of ten these are these these officials are folks that we have supported um that have also supported uh labor and so you know we we i've i've through this position acquired a really good relationship with the mayor of Indianapolis, uh, a majority of our city council. Uh, our, our president of local 18, Kim Patrick sits on the mayor's labor advisory board with me um, as our delegate. And so we stay engaged, right? We, we stay in the conversation. We, we remind the mayor constantly. We remind the city council members constantly that, Hey, we're here. We want to take part in these things. We're not asking for anything in return. We just want to do good things for the folks of uh, Indianapolis and, and surrounding counties and what have you. So, um, you know, we, we reach out. We, we keep that conversation fluid. So when, when these opportunities come up, we can be part of them. Um, and, you know, all the way up to the governor, uh, of the state of Indiana, we, we reach out. So we, we make sure that, you know, we don't draw lines in the sand when it comes to parties. Um, we just want to do good things for the community, and we want to be good partners to to our our, our neighbors and and fellow Hoosiers. Uh, so that that's another avenue we take uh, to keep our name out there in the the uh, you know the public focus and reminding people that hey, we're here. We're not only looking to recruit people for good jobs and good benefits, uh, but we're here to be be good partners in our in our communities.
1: That's what we want. That's exactly what Absolutely. we want. Okay, let's let's kind of switch gears here a little bit and talk uh, about the AFL-CIO. Now, you served since uh, January of 2022 president of the Central Indiana AFL-CIO, and the AFL-CIO, well, as you know, it, it's growing. I mean, they're they're close to 60 yeah. unions now. I think they're at 59. Um but uh, and and Liz Schuler coming from the trades, electrical workers. Yep. I mean, they're yep. all. It's all about organizing. That's got to make you feel pretty good as an organizer for Local 18. But still, there's divisions. I mean, you know, <laughs> you put what is it, 12 and a half million people together. You're going to have there's there's going to be some conflicts. I would like to know how uh, how you feel about all this going forward, David.
3: Uh, I'll tell you, uh, honestly, I, I, I feel good. I feel good. We, uh, you know, kind of like we talked about earlier, um, it's all about how you approach the situation, uh, and not only the individual that you're talking to, but maybe the the delegate that's in the room uh, or the affiliate uh, of the AFL-CIO as a whole. And uh, you've got to be willing to, to listen and accept the fact that you've got so many different representatives of so many different unions in one room at one time and we have so much more in common uh than we don't and and so you know i i've done i i I continue to focus on on that on taking into consideration that hey you know i know the way my organization functions Uh, The administration of it, uh, how the the officers conduct business, how our members conduct business, our union meetings may not be exactly like yours. But at the end of the day, we're all attempting to, uh, you know, get to the same finish line. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there there are many, many opportunities for us to work together uh, coming from common ground. Then than not and so uh you know no matter what size your your organization is uh whether you're in the building trades or you're in a public sector union uh you know whatever it may be at the end of the day all of us have opinions and views and they are equally important uh as the next so yes it is a constant challenge uh, I, I'm not going to make any qualms about that. It, it is a constant challenge. Uh, there's a lot of different views and opinions in that room, but just making sure that folks know that you're listening to them, uh, you're, you're taking their, their, uh, their views seriously and, uh, addressing their issues, uh, to the best of your ability. And that they, at the end of the day, they have the support of thousands and thousands of union members, regardless of what sector we come from, that's what it's all about, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and keeping keeping things moving in, in one direction as a unified front. Well said, my man.
1: Well, this is the time for unions. I mean, it's like a seventy percent approval rate, according to uh, Gallup, right now. Yeah. So let's uh, let's definitely use that as a foundation. Keep moving forward. And avoid the noise, that's what I say, because that noise usually comes from a minority of people, and they get the majority of the media out there. You just got to keep driving forward and ignore that noise. Okay, insulators18.org, you might want to check out their new website. They also have uh, QR codes I'm reading uh, for uh, union garments, stickers, things like that. We want to support union workers. That's a good way to do it there, insulators18.org. David, great conversation today. Thank you so much for joining us. David also serves as president of the Central Indiana AFL-CIO. You take care, and let's let's talk down the road, okay, brother?
3: Yes, sir, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Have a great day. You got it.
1: Jeannie Castro, president of the service employees, local 150,000 members, and she's coming up next.
0: This is America's Workforce. More shows available at awfradio.com.
2: That's L-I-U-N-A dot org. America's Workforce is sponsored in part by Boyd Watterson Asset Management, LLC. Find out more about our investment solutions tailored to meet the needs of Taft-Hartley funds at BoydWatterson.com.
1: Hire union musicians. Call Music Talent of Cleveland at 216-881-1802. Call Music Talent of Cleveland as your dependable source for professional musicians in Northeast Ohio. Union musicians add harmony to weddings, elegance to parties, and uplifting music for all events. Music Talent of Cleveland contracts solo and ensemble musicians as well as bands and orchestras for single engagements. So hire union musicians. Call Music Talent of Cleveland today. 216-881-1802.
0: A great union requires a reliable election system. Survey and Ballot Systems is a trusted election partner with more than 30 years of expertise in managing union elections. By partnering with SBS, your union can ensure it gets an auditable process and a high level of customer service. SBS is here to help you conduct your union vote securely, transparently, and with trust building always in mind. Visit SurveyAndBallotSystems dot com to learn more. Now back to Ed Flash Flashferens with America's Workforce.
1: And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. That would be AWF Union Podcast, AWF Union Podcast. Unfortunately, we're having some difficulty lining up with our second guest today that we've been promoting on the show. All uh, all the podcasts that would be Jeannie Castro. Jeannie serves as president. Of SEIU Local One, SEIU One dot org is their website. This is a pretty significant local. They are the founding local of the Service Employees International Union, started in Chicago in 1904 by residential maintenance workers. And throughout their history, a long history indeed, Local One members have fought together to raise and maintain high labor standards for property. Service workers everywhere. We're talking about janitors, security officers, school service workers, airport workers, factory workers, window washers, door staff, maintenance workers, you name it. And uh, that local, again, that's local one, has about 50,000 workers in six states and 11 cities across the uh, Midwest. And Jeannie, Jeannie broke the glass ceiling by becoming the first female president in that local's history. So uh, we're in a holding pattern here, but it doesn't look like we're going to link up with her. We'll have to uh, reschedule. I um, want to talk about what's been happening in the Biden administration with regard to the budget. On March 9th, the White House released its budget outline for fiscal year 2024. We're talking about a proposal that's just shy of $7 trillion, $6.9 to be exact, it includes $1.7 trillion in discretionary federal spending and new taxes on the wealthy aimed at decreasing the federal deficit by $3 trillion. The budget also includes additional spending on labor and employment. The proposal increases the National Labor Relations Board's budget to $376 million, which, by the way, is a 25% increase from the $299 million authorized by Congress for this year. And that came late last year. You may recall us talking about that. The current number is itself the first raise the agency received since 2014. And in a statement, The general counsel, Jennifer Abruzzo, who comes from the Communication Workers of America, said while the bump in fiscal year 23 funding was essential in averting furloughs, the labor board is still drastically, drastically underfunded. Furthermore, the budget also calls for four hundred and eighty one million dollars for the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, which is a five point seven increase from the agency's allocation from last year. The chair there, Charlotte Burroughs, said last year that budget shortfalls were hampering their staffing levels. The proposal also increases the Department of Labor's budget by $1.5 billion to enable the agency to protect workers' wages and benefits, combat exploitive child labor, Address the misclassification of workers as independent contractors and improve workplace health and safety. This includes spending on Department of Labor programs to support workers, such as a national comprehensive paid leave program administered by the government, which would provide workers with progressive partial wage replacement to take time off for family and medical reasons for up to three months. And lastly, the proposal revives part of the Build Back Better Act, which seeks to expand penalties for employers who violate rules from the Department of Labor, the EEOC or the NLRB. The budget summary states that, quote, employers often receive only a slap on the wrist at most when they fire or retaliate against workers for exercising their right to organize and collectively bargain, steal wages from workers, force workers to work in unsafe conditions, exploit children, or otherwise flagrantly violate our labor laws. Therefore, the White House is proposing instituting and meaningfully increasing penalties at the DOL, the EEOC, and the NLRB for employers that violate workplace safety, health, wage and hour, child labor, equal opportunity, and labor organizing rules. The White House stated in its summary that the increase will help level the playing field for workers, protecting their right to fair representation and better working conditions. Now, this all sounds pretty good. However, the budget, President Biden's budget, including the labor and employment provisions, are unlikely to pass in a very divided Congress. Republican House members will soon respond with their own proposal. And, you know, it's not going to be union friendly. No, 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 not at all. The uh, Occupational Health and Safety Board has once again cited Amazon for failing to protect its warehouse workers from muscle strains and other ergonomic injuries. OSHA alleged a single serious violation at a distribution center. This would be in Colorado Springs, Colorado. They fined the company $15,625, the highest possible penalty for one such violation. Now, this is the seventh distribution center cited for ergonomic problems this year and the fourth such violation this month after the agency launched a series of inspections last summer. By the way, the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York is also investigating Amazon for workplace safety hazards at warehouses nationwide, as well as possible fraudulent conduct to hide Workplace injuries from OSHA. Yeah, there's been a number of studies on um, what's been going on in Amazon warehouses. And it's at least double the amount of workplace injuries than any other warehouse. At least double, sometimes triple in uh, in some areas. Workers at three cafes. This would be in Somerville, Massachusetts. They voted to ratify a new contract with their shared management, becoming one of the first coffee house chains in the state to secure a contract. We're talking about 60 workers, including baristas and back-of-house employees at the Diesel Cafe, the Block Cafe, and the Forge Baking Company. They all voted for the contract. The workers represented by the New England Joint Board of Unite Here, Will receive a 95 cent raise within the next 30 days and 25 and 35 cent raises twice a year. Now, the baristas will make at least $15 an hour plus tips, while bakery and kitchen workers will make at least $20.25 an hour. The contract also increases paid time off, includes a clearer discipline policy and maintains other measures like health insurance, matching 401k contributions, paid breaks, and a $21 daily meal allowance. One of the, uh, one of the workers there, a shift runner by the name of Chris Duncan said, it's good to have something concrete that will hold everyone accountable and makes the standards of our workplace clear. Duncan is, uh, one of the workers at the diesel cafe writers guild of america east has filed yet another unfair labor practice charge against hearst magazine's media this is after two years of collective bargaining the union said hearst gave employees a raise while in contract negotiations with the union which violates federal labor law how about that The more than 500 workers in editorial, video, design, and photography work for more than 25 brands, including well-known publications like Esquire, Cosmopolitan, Harper's Bazaar, Good Housekeeping, Popular Mechanics, and others. The uh, Writers Guild East has filed two previous unfair labor practice charges against Hearst, Got a comment here in the filing. Hearst has fought its employees' efforts to improve the workplace at every single stage of this process, starting with their lengthy bad-faith attempts to prevent employees from voting to unionize in the first place. Most recently, the company, again, we're talking about Hearst, Hearst Publications, Hearst Media, they withdrew its own previously made proposals on critical compensation issues, saying, among other things, that The uneven and unilateral raise they gave without even notifying the union bargaining team was sufficient. Nothing about what Hearst is proposing is sufficient. Hearst's proposals on key issues like compensation, layoff, severance, anti-harassment measures fall woefully, woefully behind industry standards and do not recognize the contributions of the hardworking magazine staff. They have stalled and stonewalled for years and have now once again broken the law. This is all posted on the uh, Writers Guild website, Writers Guild of America East. Very powerful union, I might add. Major League Soccer Players Association has announced its formal affiliation with the AFL-CIO. The request to affiliate was unanimously approved by executive board and approved at the AFL-CIO's Winter Executive Council meeting the members will join the more than 12.5 million workers who make up the unions at the AFL-CIO. I indicated earlier that AFL-CIO is growing in membership, and here's just another example. The uh, executive director of the Soccer Players Association is Bob Foose. Bob says, from locker rooms and classrooms to coffee shops and warehouses, workers all over the country, are demonstrating the power of organizing on a daily basis. Well, over the past 20 years, our players have fought to improve the working conditions and rights of athletes in Major League Soccer. We look forward to working with the AFL-CIO and standing beside its member unions as we fight for every worker, whether it be an athlete or a stadium employee with one collective voice. Liz Shuler also chimed in on this. Liz said, when we speak with one voice, when we're united in solidarity, our collective power is undeniable. This affiliation is about building that power for workers and ensuring professional soccer players have the strength of the entire labor movement behind them every single day. We're thrilled to welcome the Major League Soccer Players, into the AFL-CIO. This is historic. Joining together in this pivotal moment in our economy will raise standards for all working people and the communities where we live, where we work, and certainly where we play. So hats off there to the Major League Soccer Players Association announcing their affiliation with the AFL-CIO. Of course, the AFL-CIO, proud sponsor of America's Workforce. Well, that'll be it for another edition of the show. Coming up tomorrow, we're going to check in with the Ohio AFL-CIO and the latest from the Communication Workers of America. Until then, all of you have a safe and wonderful day.
0: That concludes another episode of the America's Workforce radio podcast. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. America's Workforce is a production of Labor Tools and BMA Media Group.
2: Find out more information online at labortools.com.